Hey everybody, you're listening to the Who Cares podcast. My name is Patrick Holbert and this is my wife right here. Ross Aaron Martineau. What? That's right. What is up, Ross Aaron Martineau? <laughs> I'm giving you full Christian names. Yeah. I'm not a Christian, but you, you aren't. I think I was brought into this world a Christian, but no, I'm not a Christian. Now you are a heathen. I'm a heathen. I'm a witch. I'm uh, a Satanist. No, I'm not. Uh-huh. <laughs> We just want to say hello and welcome to the podcast. If this is your first time listening, maybe it is. Maybe you heard us on the Keith and the Girl podcast this week. Oh, yes. Welcome, new listeners. Yeah. If you're there, if you are, we're so grateful. And if not, go fuck yourselves. <laughs> what's funny about that is I'm saying go fuck yourselves to people that aren't listening. And you know what's even funnier? When you explain a joke. Yeah, that's, that's why what, I'm a comedian. That's what we do here at the yeah. Who Cares podcast. Yeah. So thank you so much for joining us. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> Life is over. Um, so should we talk about that? That was so fun going on that show. It was. It was so fun. We, uh, we shot the shit. We shared a lot. We... Put it all out there yeah. for, a new, for a new audience. I think we put our entire podcast uh, catalog of truth bombs all into one podcast. So if you haven't listened to it yet, it's a really, <laughs> really fun episode on uh, Keith and the girl. Uh, it's uh, just a, a few days old. So you'll see. Oh, what did they title it? Uh, dopamine oh, loops. Do- dopamine loops. Yes. Yeah. We get into talking about sex and porn and all sorts of fun stuff. So if you haven't checked it out, please do. Uh, we had a great time. Check it out. Um, and uh, so here's what's going on. Our dog pissed <laughs> on the floor just now. And we literally are recording this part at the end of recording our whole hour of the podcast. <laughs> And you'll hear in about two minutes that that hour starts with her pissing on the floor. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, we'll just do a quick intro this bitch. to this episode to acknowledge that maybe there's new people listening. Yeah. And now she's pissing again on the floor and I want to go clean it up because it's like on the wood floor. I'll it's not even care. on her mat. But I also wanted to share a couple... I don't know. I thought it was like there was other things to say about this experience we had. And I distracted you because I couldn't just like not pay attention to it and just stick with what we were talking. Why is our dog pissing everywhere? I don't know. It's really not normal behavior for her to just be like, I'm pissing indoors even though I was outside. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so it was a great experience. Thank you, Keith and Chemda, for having us on the show. Yes. Uh, we loved it. And uh, also uh, on this episode, we really just talk about our new favorite reality TV show called Love is Blind. So if you are watching that, please do stick around and listen to this episode. We also intersperse some personal information. We're while- giving you classic who cares? And if you're new, then you'll understand shortly that uh, no conversation uh, sticks to one topic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we're probably overly obsessed with our dog. <laughs> so stay tuned and enjoy the show. Who cares about Ross and Patrick? I don't care. Yeah, like who cares? They obviously care about themselves, but who else do they care about? I don't know. I'm not so sure. Maybe we'll have a guest or two. The world's going up in flames, so like who cares? Who cares? We care. Gross. <laughs> 
Hey, welcome to the apocalypse. It is summer in New York City in February, ladies and gentlemen. Everybody calm down. It's not summer. I mean, it is spring. It is summer. <laughs> I was in the park with my wife and you wow. and Peggy. We were both there. Your wife, your girlfriend, the mother of your child. Yeah. And the park was just full of uh, people out there reveling in this beautiful weather. It's 50 plus degrees Here out she today. Goes. Peggy, no. We just got home and Peggy's pissing on the rug. Fuck? It's just a small little pee. What? Like, what are we? Do you want to <laughs> do you want to narrate what's going on and I'll uh, clean it up? Or do you want to <laughs> clean it up and I'll narrate? Because there's no turning back now. Clean we are up. rolling. Clean up. You want me to do the clean up? Yeah. All right. Yeah. I tell saw them. her sniffing around. Okay. Set the stage for the weather. First of all, first of all, welcome to the show, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> this is how we kick things off at the Who Cares podcast. I'm Ross. That's my husband, Patrick. Our dog, Peggy, who just pissed on the rug for I don't know what reason exactly. She was just outside for a solid hour and a half, two hours. Um, But she decided, you know what? Let me leave my mark. Let me leave my mark. Um, We thought we'd move past this point in her life, but... I mean, she just, it's like a rug is one giant wee-wee pad. Uh, So now Patrick's cleaning it up like a good dog dad. Also, a wee-wee pad, a literal wee-wee pad is just off on the corner. But she's like, nah, I like this colorful rug. It's more of an interesting tool for me. (laughs) Uh So here we are. It's Sunday. We just had a a lovely Sunday afternoon where we brought this dumb bitch to the dog park (laughs) and uh, saw a lot of talent, a lot of talent at the dog park, a lot of big, small, mixed breed, pure breed, you name it. Uh, Of course, we're promoters of adopt, don't shop, but you know, people are going to do what they're going to do. And now what else, hon? What else? What other stages uh, should I set? We've got some really, we're, the next few weeks are really cooking up for Patrick and I. Um, he's got a lot of shows out of state. I'm working a lot in the photo studio. Yes, that's right. I work in fashion. Thank you so much. Um, I'm going to have to set up a lot of walks for Peg. That's for sure. Um, what a dumb bitch. I'm really stuck on this that she just peed <laughs> on the rug. <laughs> well, as we know, and as sometimes we have to verbalize and remember, she's a dog. She's just a dog. She's a dog. She's overexcited. I mean, think of all the stimulus she just got outside. Like That was like a little fuck you piss, too. Like, that was not, oh, God, I need to pee. It was just like... Mm, I don't know. This rug could use my scent. I don't know. I I think uh, she's just like, it's so beautiful outside. She just played with like 35 dogs in the dog park. Uh, And then we brought her back inside and we were like, nope, back to, back to life, back to real life. Uh, But yes, uh, climate change is real. It's uh, a beautiful spring day in the fifties. Very mild Bushwick is out. Yeah. 
in full effect. Every time a day like this comes along, I feel like people, there's like going to be so much hooking up tonight. Like <laughs> people true. are like, drinking. you know what? I'm going to go drinking. Got to go day drink because it's so gorgeous. Going to go to brunch. I'll go to brunch at like noon. I'll just have a couple cocktails. But then all of a sudden it's 6 p.m. and yes. you're wasted and you're like, let's party. And then it's like, who's calling the Coke dealer? Yeah. Yeah. At least that's how a Sunday would go for me, very typically. Yeah. Uh, Pre two thousand nine. Wow, two thousand nine. Ten years sober. This one, everybody. Eleven years in a week. Oh yeah, March first is your anniversary. Yeah. You should come to the anniversary meeting tonight. Why tonight? Oh, no, it would, it would be, be the end, end of, of next, next month. month. Hun, understand your program. Yeah, I don't okay. even know how it works anymore. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so we've, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. If you listen to last week's episode, I was real worried about this gig in Westchester oh, last yeah. night and man, oh man, was that a fun time. I emceed at Rockwell's, uh, American restaurant and comedy club in Pelham, New York. That's right. We're talking American cuisine and American comedy. Yes. Okay. We're talking <laughs> burgers from all coasts. They have a California burger where you know what they dollop on there. They're putting avocado on there oh, for put- sure. Oh, I mean, it's not an avocado. It's like jarred guacamole. Ew, I hate that. <laughs> I can't confirm that. They might be making their own fresh guacamole, but... I, based- I hate when a burger or a sandwich says avocado and then you get like a weird guacamole smear. No. No, I think it says guacamole on this menu. Look at this bitch. <laughs> Peggy's just now lounging a full extension on our couch. She's like, well, I've had a day. Now let me relax on my throne. I've peed indoors. I've made them clean mm-hmm. it. <laughs> I run this town. Oh, we've let her back in the bed in the morning. It's it's fine. <laughs> so these are these are where we're, things we're at with our dog. Yes. Uh, Sorry, back to the American <laughs> California back burger. Back to my emotional breakthrough. I'm sorry. This felt like a breakthrough. I was just going to this gig. Like I've I've done this was my fourth time working at this club, and I've just never had a good time there. You were like, you were freaking out a little. Yeah, and uh, it was just so fun. I had such a fun night. I did not have a burger. I had the grilled chicken <laughs> and grilled veggies. I was supposed to get a New England clam chowder. It never came. <laughs> Uh, grilled chicken, grilled veggies, clam chowder. Yes. That is yes. a classic Patrick order, everyone. Classic Hun <laughs> move. Like, oh, do those things sound like they don't go together? They go together for him. Well, though. you got a choice with that chicken, grilled chicken plate. You got a choice of soup or salad. I went soup because I was getting grilled veggies. Sure. I get it. Okay. But their only soup option was clam chowder. No, no it was, of course uh, not. what was it? Oh, potato soup. Oh, I love a potato soup. But just potato? Like, what is that it's cream pr- of potato? It's probably tastes very similar to the clam chowder without clams. Right. Yeah. So I was like, well, I'll get a little surf and turf. <laughs> if I do New England clam and grilled chicken, it's a oh, surf and turf. You got to go to Rockwell's. They have an amazing surf and turf. You start out with the clam chowder, then you get a chicken with yes. roasted vegetables. Yes. <laughs> And then they let you order whatever you want. So I was like, you know what? I'm getting dessert too. Let me get dessert. So I got the uh, brownie sundae. Uh, 
And I was observing our headliner and his ordering routine. Mm. Now, this is a big man. Mm-hmm. This is a... Uh, big man, big blazer. Yes, big cartoon blazer. <laughs> like uh, a I'm, zoot suit riot. I don't think he'll listen to this, but I'll drop his name. He's hysterical. I loved watching him. His name's Coleman Green. Very, very funny guy. Very nice guy. Drove up from Philly to headline this show. And uh, before the show, he orders a chicken quesadilla. And it comes out, it looks amazing. He offers me a piece, oh, very which nice. I declined because I was, I was working through my own chicken. And I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm thinking, oh, he must be, must be, must be on a personal journey. He's like not ordering too much. Like the quesadilla is an appetizer, but, but it's co- courses, but it's a big American appetizer, you know? So I'm like, maybe he's, this is just his meal. Pulls a baller headliner move. He eats his appetizer, watches me and the feature. And then while he's on stage, a huge bag of more food comes to the table to go. And it, I think he ordered, he definitely ordered one burger to go, but it, there were two takeout boxes in the bag. Oh, and so then he was like, he comes off stage, he grabs those go bags, he's out. And then he's getting in his car and he's yeah. heading home. That's great. And I was like, you know what? When I become a headliner move. and there's food included and there's no limit, because I, th- I think they literally would just let you keep ordering if you wanted yeah. to. I'm too scared to do that quite yet. But you don't want to be that guy when you're the host. Yeah, That's yeah, like yeah. not cool. Yeah. I felt bad because the feature and her husband, they were having burgers and then I come in getting an entree. But she also got a burger for her husband, I think, on the why, comics and tab. And also, why so, are you feeling bad? Because I'm like, uh, maybe I'm only a burger level. Maybe they wanted burgers. Maybe, maybe they a, were just like, oh, you know what I'm going to get? I'd love a burger Maybe tonight. I'm on the kids level kids menu level still you're making up some weird stories that's how i feel uh <laughs> and then they both had uh ice cream sundaes it was like a family and it also, was also i love that you're just like you know everyone's <clears throat> order also <laughs> well i'm reading off of my notes from the night i right now i i was taking notes uh like on a police uh full rep- sociopath uh, yeah. flip pad i'm yeah. like oh mary and <laughs> That's the California burger so and the ice cream sundae. But Mary, um, her and I did a gig uh, together in Queens a while back. So that was the gig I had Friday night at uh, Avenue Bar with Johnny Barron. And I here's the thing. I got to say, both shows, uh, you know, it was nice to get paid. The, that one Friday night was like 15 minutes from our house. So I left. I did my spot. I came home. We ate ice cream. We watched bullshit on TV. And I had some money in my pocket. And uh, I also performed uh, for like just all American folks, you know? I, I don't they know. Just, I, don't, I don't know. They just want to <laughs> laugh. Like last night, I got to say, I'm not going to say which comic. It wasn't me. Uh, but one of the comics got into some like racial material where he's like stereotyping Puerto Ricans are this way, black people are mm-hmm. this way, etc. All right, it was the guy that got the food to go. Uh, and it was also, he himself is a minority. Yeah, he's so a... So there's a little bit more, you can talk about these things a little bit more liberally than say yeah. if it were you. Yeah. <laughs> like black people. Which is just like straight racism. Yeah. <laughs> However. But they, they just loved it. They just, the crowd loved it all. It was a great time. There was no like... Uh, I don't know. It was just it was just like Ugh. fun to do shows where I didn't have to overthink anything. And also, you are a big proponent of just he's sick of PC culture. <laughs> he's sick of it. Okay? I, it's not 
I, you're kidding, but <laughs> it's the overwokeness and people that just don't want to just have fun and laugh, you know? Yes. And obviously this is a bigger discussion. Yeah, we're not going to go here on this episode. We got spicy stuff to talk about. Like, it's overwokeness without jokes. Oh yeah, that sucks. That's the worst. Right? Like, I don't know if I agree with you entirely on the old overwokeness idea, but I do think that there are ways to keep the progress moving while also like writing funny jokes and observing from whence we came. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, and also... Look, I'm not here saying I want to just be able to make jokes about Puerto Ricans like I or rape or like, yeah, whatever. like I'm not trying to do that either. But I uh, I just want to be able to I just want audiences to have a good time. But that's also why I've always been a big proponent, you know, in my illustrious comedy career mm-hmm. of uh, keeping it personal. Yes, You know, it's like if you keep it authentic and about you and your experience it doesn't, you can pretty much say whatever you want because yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, you're not commenting on other people and their lives and their experiences, you yeah, know? Yeah. So that's also why I'm just like, I don't need to hear your opinions on this. That's not mm-hmm. like what I came here for. But I guess some people do like that sort of humor. It's just not for me. Yeah. So anyway, I just wanted to share. It was a victory. The show was a lot of fun. Oh, right. We're talking about uh, you and your performance. <laughs> no, but no. Well, now this is me just ending this part. Uh, well, but it also makes me um, want to reflect briefly on how we've been. Re- we rewatched Fortune Femesters. Oh, stand so good. up. And we're um, we're slowly getting through. Not that it is not enjoyable, but you have to you've got to pay attention to um, Leslie Jones. Leslie Jones. And, um, a fucking God on stage. And I, you know, I don't love watching stand-up specials. Like, it's not my thing. Yeah. But these two Ladays are really, they get me. Yeah. I love them so much. Fortune Feemster, like, the fact that I could rewatch it and still be laughing so hard, like, her, just her storytelling and her physical comedy is so good, and that's very, like... Leslie Jones is so physical and she actually does do a lot of like people are like this or you're like this, but it's like coming from her where it's just like so physical, so over the top. And it's also not like offensive. Yeah. And the jokes are specific and unique. It's not like jokes. The setup is similar and stuff we've all heard about and talked about, but like, I just want minority women telling me hilarious jokes while they're like being physically hilarious also. <laughs> wow, that sounds a little dicey. <gasps> Why is it so dicey? Come in here and entertain me. No. Dance. Um, you know what I'm saying. I'm saying I prefer to hear This is the source you prefer. The untold tales of people that are not as visible. Yes. That happen to be fucking hilarious. Like I'm just I can't help yeah. but be more drawn into this person who has a very different story yeah. than me or like a lot of other stand-ups that you see, you know? Mm-hmm. It draws me in and it helps that they're very, very funny. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, that's our comedy report for this week. <laughs> so we watched those things on Netflix and we also really, was it all in this week that we watched this show? 
I think so. I think so. Because we would have talked about it last week. And I also, well, no, because we were maybe going to talk about it last week, but I don't think you had started watching it. Oh, yes. You wanted to talk about it. Because I'm doing the classic rewatching. Yeah, you <laughs> Although love... I haven't moved ahead. I haven't moved ahead. We've, I've been staying with yeah, you. Yeah, now we're on the same page. Yeah. We we bang other people. We have an open marriage, but <laughs> when we start having streaming infidelities, that's when I get hurt. When you, you get start, very hurt. When and you, we've been there many times. When you watch ahead, and I'm like, I haven't seen that part. But that's the beauty of me. I love a rewatch. Yeah. I'm like here for the rewatch. I'm like, I can't wait to experience this again yeah. in a different way. So the trash heap that we yes. have been rolling around in. And a lot of America, for that matter. You know what I think is interesting, though? I think we were about... We're about Love is Blind, yeah. by the way, just so that bomb can be dropped. I think, we, I think we're about two days ahead of the curve. I think I'm just... Like, what do you mean? Two days after we like watched the f- whole first half of that show. Yeah. Uh, that's when like lots of comics started posting on Facebook. Like, are you guys watching this? Love is blind. This is crazy. Oh, you mean, so I'm a trendsetter. Yeah. You're a trendsetter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You are a momfluencer. <laughs> Hashtag momfluencer. We're going to make that go viral. <sighs> Ross is a momfluencer. Yes. Just today because I had like a very put together outfit. Yeah. You looked great. You sounded great. You're, I sounded great. You're setting trends. <laughs> um, All right. Love is Blind. Yes. Netflix. It's similar to The Bachelor, Bachelorette, except trashier and more real, I would say. And I actually don't think it's... The only way that it's similar to The Bachelor and Bachelorette is a sped up relationship, hopefully ending in engagement or marriage. And it's similar in that there's a cult aspect. Oh, yes. There's a, there's there's, a cause, captive. Because they have to confine them. There's captivity. Yes. There's quarantine. Yeah, so there, there are, there's some overlap. Yeah. Uh, but the, the, the hook of the show is that these people get to know each other and they go on quote unquote dates invisibly. Like they can't see what each other looks like. And they, I think that there's like, there's all sorts of think pieces being written about this show now. Like... Everyone's talking about it. Yeah. At least in the circles we run in, which are very elite. America's intellectuals are <laughs> discussing Love is Blind. Uh, uh, I'm like pitching it to people too, as if like they need this to be pitched to them. Yeah. I was telling uh, Casey, friend of the show, Casey, oh. I know you're listening. Hello. Um, she actually told Adam... Uh, my friend Adam the other day that he was podcast famous because he had been mentioned. He was shouted out. Yeah. And she was like, I've only been mentioned once. You had a story told about you. Wow. (laughs) Well, let's tell some stories about Casey. Oh, she'd hate that. She's very private. She's wonderful though. She She is is a stunning beauty. Uh, With a lot more value than just her looks. She's very, very funny. (laughs) She is quite intelligent. She is. And she also is like, and she, she's talented. She loves pushing my buttons as if she's like not into feminism. Mm. She loves that. Oh. I like she also loves to make fun of me for getting on soapboxes. You do like a soapbox. <laughs> You're a momfluencer. <laughs> I didn't know that there was a little bit of uh, push and pull with you oh, too. Oh, yes. A little bit of uh, very playful. Much, very much so. 
we're keeping each other we're keeping each other on our toes a little philosophical joust yes a little sexuality kind of politics our other friend zach our mutual friend says all the time that when casey will say things that seem like not as progressive as we'd like zach threatens to tell you tell me what she's saying yeah Zach's like, I'm going to tell the lesbian communists (laughs) about what you just said. But anyway, she has a new man in her life and things sound like they're going well. There's no labels. Okay. Um, And we were just like spilling the tea over lunch uh, at work on Friday. And, but I was giving her the hard sell on Love Mm -hmm. is Blind. I was like, it is just a fun show to watch with your partner. Yeah. Like you get into the nitty gritty and the details. And then she said that he got her into the circle. And I was like, well, then he sounds like the perfect match to watch Love is Blind and with. If circle, he can watch that. The circle is the social media one. Which I cannot do. We watched like the first episode. I, we didn't even that get, we didn't even get like, through it. I'll bet that is the same production it company. It looks exactly the yeah. same. Oh, I didn't even think but of that. But I couldn't get through that first episode because yeah. I don't care. Like... I have been a dating reality show junkie since I was very young. Like that is where my interest lies in the dynamics of what people will put themselves through for like this ideal romance. Yeah. Like what, what were the blinding blind date? Blind date. Was that Chris Hardwick and Jenny McCarthy? No, that's singled out. (laughs) (laughs) What was blind date? Blind date. Which is oh, one that's of when the, the best. The camera crew would go on the date. Like they would. They go on the date, but there was no host except for in a studio. Yeah. That was like who I forgot. And my brother reminded <clears throat> me, I was talking to him on the phone, the host of Blind Date, Roger Lodge. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you're name dropping with so much gravitas. Like I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> Roger Lodge. That name? so absurd and he was Roger Lodge Roger Lodge baby that's too many G's Roger Lodge Roger Lodge kind of looked and sounded like a young Casey Kasem like it was very like that old LA vibe yeah and he probably came from radio yeah like the voice was very radio and he would just be in studio like setting you up for the date but the amazing part about Blind Date which is a little bit like I guess it's kind of similar to Love is Blind because you see a lot more of the behind the scenes and where like it can go. I mean, it was pretty risque. It came on late, yeah. I believe, on like a UPN or something like yeah. that. Uh, and there was always thought bubbles mm. like that had been, and there were like weird little cartoon graphics that would come up on the screen during the date. And like if the date wasn't going well, like the thought bubble of the person who was like over it would like say something, but it very oftentimes did end in a like drunk in a hot tub. Obviously they're going to go fuck. Yeah. But, and then singled out, I remember it would start with like a massive amount of people on a Mm -hmm. line or something. Mm -hmm. What was the premise of that? I can't even remember, honestly, it was how like they whittled suitor. it down. It was like one suitor. Yeah, and it was like, it was the... Behind, behind the screen. Yeah, some sort of screen. And but they, I can't really remember, like, how they whittled it down. Like, I know it was, like, probably a series of questions. It like, was probably, like, all women under five foot five leave the line now or something well, like I that. I don't know if it was that physically, but that was before we or all like knew... like, anybody from the South leave the line. <laughs> 
anybody, any anybody with herpes, please get off the line. But that was before we knew Jenny McCarthy was like a true monster. When so she say, was just like a funny, quirky, yeah. blonde lady who did Playboy, <laughs> like. But yeah, when they say the part, no, no more people with herpes. Just me, you, and like pretty much the rest of the whole line all leave because everybody has it. Good one. You know. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Jenny McCarthy. Yeah, before she was the anti-vax monster that we know today. Yeah, she was just like a cute like TV she, person. Well, and she was like funny and yeah. wasn't afraid to be gross. It's kind of like, cool though that MTV had her host that because that was she after. She wasn't the host. She was the co-host. She was, that was after she was in Playboy. Like, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. That's kind of progressive. And then she had her own like sketch comedy show after that on MTV. What was that called? I think it was called the Jenny McCarthy show. Oh yeah. I vaguely remember Because that. she left singled out. Carmen Electra came in to fill her spot. Wow. But Chris Hardwick stayed strong. Yeah. And maintained his host. Isn't this fascinating, everyone? All of this boring detail. You, were ra- you really were raised on pop culture. I was raised on pop culture. I loved absurd dating shows from a very young age. I was allowed, like I pretty much got away with like watching all that crap. Like my parents weren't really monitoring me. Um, after blind date came another show called fifth wheel, which there was not even going to talk about that. I've never heard of it. (laughs) (laughs) What's the one where the, what's the one where the parents would watch on hidden cameras? Oh my, that was like, the future. Well, we're in college and stuff. Yeah. But what was that though? I can't remember what it's called. Oh, that man. wasn't next. Oh yeah, there was next. But yeah, it was. But those were all MTV dating shows too. Yeah. I think. I can't think of the parents one, but yeah, the, we were the, older then. The part of that one that I remember the most is that they would do the blacklight test and like oh, they would look yes. at the. Because, oh, yeah, I think you would see where the person lived first. Like you would go in Mm, mm -hmm. and see their home or apartment. Yeah. But I think the parents were also watching on like hidden camera or something. I mean, it's all fucking nonsense. I can't wait until our little one enters onto her own dating show. And we're like, no, you absolutely cannot do this. We've been watching this shit, this shit for years. Or we're like, well... Do you think it can help our podcast? We're like, just play the game for mommy and daddy, okay? Because <laughs> we are now, we are now uh, 17 years into doing this podcast. <laughs> You're 20 years old. We still are hovering oh, around 120 downloads a month. And we need you to go on this dating show. Uh, Francis, you are the bachelorette. But you know, even though I was so into dating shows. Is it okay that I just said our favorite name? Just keep it moving. Nobody pay attention. That's what we're thinking of naming her. Okay. We don't know. 100%. I can bleep it. I'll bleep it. I also am not interested in any of your opinions. Thank you so much. How about I bleep um, it? Sure. Whatever. Uh, but I never got into the bachelor in the early days. Cause that, I think it, to me, it seemed very like, like ABC's <laughs> dating show. Like, why would I want to bother with that? Like, it's not going to be like gritty the it's not way be, yeah. I want it to it's be. It's not going to have that blind date fucking <laughs> that blind date grit filth. And that Roger Lodge je ne sais quoi. Yeah, it's not going to have, like, they're not going to show, like, people all lubed up in the hot tub no. and wasted and um, date but, raping each other. But look, God, yeah, but way before me too, that's you for sure. You want, like, a real no means yes kind of vibe. <laughs> No, I don't. Don't say that. Don't say that. 
Um, so anyways, love all this to say love is blind. Netflix's mm. new reality show. It is pure trash. It's like getting the best nachos at like on the border or a restaurant like that. What's on the border? It's a Mexican restaurant. It's a chain. Oh, I don't know it. All right. It's like Qdoba. You get <laughs> limitless cheesy nachos. Is it Qdoba? I like don't know these places. I know that that's like in the neighborhood, but I've never actually been to one. All right. It's like Moe's. Welcome to Moe's. I don't. What's Moe's? It's another Mexican place. I'm just saying it's like nachos, meaty, cheesy nachos. I was going to say they're like nachos at like the roller skating rink. <laughs> <laughs> sure. But maybe that's a little too low. But brow. it's bottomless and you're just eating these nachos yeah. and they're so good. But it's just like this is not going to feel good later that I wasted all this time watching this. So it's like a bunch of basics. Yeah. Thrown into some pods. Getting- They're thrown into two separate apartments. Yes. All the men live in one. All the women live in the other one. And then there's pods in the middle where they can meet on these quote unquote dates without seeing each other. And they fall in love rapidly. So I assume they, so we'll, they think we'll just have some spoilers now. Yeah. Right? Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Don't watch this show. <laughs> Save yourselves, read a book. Yeah. Don't watch this Contribute show. Contribute something meaningful to society. <laughs> don't watch. I was happy to see that I've gotten successfully gotten multiple people into the show. Though. But it, people I know that like the same sort of trash I do. And like Danielle wrote back to me and was just like, this show is amazing. Yeah. And like my friend Emily, who I work with, was just like, this shit is insane. I'm so glad you told me to watch it. I also like that, yeah, like at work, you're known as this progressive, <laughs> politically active person <laughs> and they don't want to say the wrong thing around you. But then you have this dark side where you're just like, I'm dark sided. <laughs> yeah, I got a dark side. I like trash TV. Yeah, but I can very quickly explain, probably not quickly, but I can explain to you what it is about those shows that intersects with my my politics and yeah. my point of view yeah no there is good fodder for like because you're it is so trashy and some of the people are so lame that it's socially acceptable just to just tear them apart well and i always come back to the fascination my my fascination knows no bounds when it comes to like people obsessed with like these traditional values of like I need to get married. I need to have kids. I need to have like, check, check, check this box, this box, this box, like in a way that is so extreme that they're willing to participate in these like bizarre reality shows that clearly will not result in like a healthy version of whatever the fuck it is that they're after. Yeah. Yeah. They're drinking too much. They're isolated. Like, it's like everyone needs to go to therapy. Like it's just, yeah. <laughs> it's, but I, I mean, it's, it's fascinating. It's and fascinating it's, to see the, the, how powerful society is in these ways yeah. that people will, they consider themselves principled and valued and they're Christians and they're this and they're that. And then it's like, what the fuck are y'all doing? Yeah. <laughs> and this is also an interesting group and generation because Tinder has been like useful to people now mm. for like eight years or something. Yeah. So like many of these people, when they're like they're jaded. 16, 17 years old, I assume 
I assume that's about when you join a dating app. When would you join? You have to be 18. I mean, you're supposedly supposed to be 18. Yeah. So let's say like many of these people, like their first dating experiences just involved like having yeah. their pick of the litter and just this ability to say yes or no or hot or well, not I think or whatever. Instagram has turned into like a dating app too. A lot of them are referring to like how they've been off of their phones and so they can't get DMs. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So yeah. So this format is kind of fits that it fits the speed of that and it yeah. fits the um fast foodness of it or yeah. whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it also challenges it in a couple ways. And uh so the main thing with Love is Blind is like they can't see each other. So they end up having these long dates where they're in these pods for like three, eight, four hours Which at a time. Which you read that they were like they wouldn't leave the pods, right? Like Yeah, the article. producers yeah, the producers were like some of them wanted to sleep in the pods. They didn't want to like go back to the apartment. <laughs> sleep in the pods. <clears throat> so like yeah, they're they're having to talk to each other for long periods of time and get to know each other without the distractions of their own cell phones. Uh, what I wonder how that came about. When did reality TV producers realize we should make it impossible for them to communicate and stay tethered to the real world? Like we want them to feel. Well, The Bachelor realized that long ago. Yeah. I mean, I think that's always been the case for that show. So like we just need you psychologically <laughs> quarantined. Like we don't want any emotional yes. entanglements with the outside world. But also this idea that to not see each other and fall in love in this way is like somehow more authentic is like such a fucking lie because it's yeah. still this intoxicating interaction that they're having yeah. and it's like it's not reality and it's not realistic to to like only hear someone's voice multiple hours a day like it's like sexting or something yeah, yeah. you know it's like the it's it's operating in that same yeah but they've convinced themselves like oh i'm not shallow i've fallen in love with this person for who they are yeah. as opposed to like Oh, I'm just like high on fucking adrenaline and, and like obsession, endorphins. Yeah, an obsession. obsession and idealization and, and like, lust and your own mind filling in all the blanks yes. with like the ideal elements. It's like, oh, I don't know what this guy looks like, so I'll just picture him as looking like Clint Eastwood. And I do Clint Eastwood. <laughs> uh, I had a quick thought. Yes, sorry. I I'm, would say I would compare the um, the high and the rush and the excitement of it all to going on a trip like let's say you're single mm. you go on a trip to Paris and you meet a beautiful man on the first night and like you you fall in full on head over heels lust with the person but it feels like love because it's such a heightened experience yeah. where it's like I want to see this person every spare second I have on this trip I want to like talk about like getting married I want to talk about like I want to cut through all the bullshit and just like make it work or whatever. Sure. I think that's what happens with these people in the pods. Yeah. And I think they, Oh, what was the point I was going to make about it? I cut you off. I'm sorry. No, but I've been cutting you off. So, you know, that's all right. But I, when you were just saying that though, I was thinking they, it's like, there's nowhere for them to go. Like, emotionally but down like oh, yeah. from that this high that they're experiencing yeah. and of course they like cut a lot of they trim the fat quickly based on like 
dumb shit that people say and they're like, oh, I definitely don't like this person. Whereas maybe they would tolerate them if they were attracted to them. Who knows? Um, But then I think another thing that's happening too is like, because they're in this fantasy, they are more uninhibited and vulnerable. Like, of course it's easy to be vulnerable when like nobody's looking at you. That's like the best. Yeah. And you're drinking. You're drinking and like no one can see you. Yeah, Yeah. sure. Here are my deepest secrets. Like, and then you wonder like once you get in person, why the person's like, like, yeah, of course. I'd be like, stop looking at me. (laughs) Well, and there's the drunko, Jessica, who's like the real mess of the whole season. She keeps talking about how she wants to go back to the pods. Yeah. Like, and then they do, they mimic. He does for her. He like recreates it in their like dumb, you know, filler apartment that they're living in. Yeah. (laughs) Oh man. What a, what a, what a crazy adventure. Uh, And yeah, there's some, uh, there's some question marks about Jessica and her mental, and physical she health. She is a mess. She is a mess. She needs to read Attached as soon as possible. Because I believe she has attachment and intimacy problems. And maybe alcoholism. And more than likely alcoholism. <laughs> I was thinking about her drinking again just recently, like today or something. I was thinking about how like sometimes when I think about my drinking, I'm like, was it that bad? Like, sure. like, am I really an alcoholic? Well, because you became very successful while you were drinking. Yeah. Uh, and I, yeah, it's like, how do I like, yeah. Could I go back to it? Like, is it really no longer a part of my life or whatever? Like, what are we talking about here? No, <laughs> and then I see someone like her who is a very successful person. Yeah. This woman, Jessica on love is blind, very successful regional manager of some kind. (laughs) She's Uh, the Michael Scott. Thank you so much. But she's always talking about going on the road for work. Yeah. Uh, She has a home of her own. She has the material trappings of someone who is successful. She has all those things. Yes. But when she drinks, she loses control and not in the classic reality TV way of like, oh, she's like, well, she says a lot of crazy things, but she's not like throwing things. She's not starting physical fights. No. Uh, but she loses control of what she says. Um, and she looks like a dumb drunk bitch. She lies a lot. Yeah. And mm. she's just, she she's close talker, like Ugh. has no respect for people's personal space. And her face is just constantly in a wine glass. Like there's just <laughs> hundreds of shots of this woman taking, yeah. like, like I was joking, this show and The Bachelorette should both just be called Guzzlin' Wine. <laughs> Like, hey, next on Guzzlin' Wine, <laughs> it's hometowns. Anybody want some wine? And they're just guzzling <gasps> so know. much wine. And I normally, I don't judge, like, if you enjoy wine, whatever. And if you enjoy getting fucked up, I don't judge that. Like, because I love getting fucked up too. Like, the last thing I want to be is the person that, like, cares about anybody else's drinking. But, like, this woman on this show, it's just face constantly in the bottom of a wine glass. And uh, her kind of drinking... And her kind of behavior, the way she cha- she changes, her voice yeah. changes. Oh, the voice. The voice becomes this weird, like, uh, hello, <laughs> hey. She does that even when she's not drinking, though, too. Like, when she's a, like, like a real sociopath. She's like trying to be cute with it or something. Oh. And like, it's just, it, it, it reminded me of like, oh yeah, that, that 
was me. Like mm-hmm. I did. I That is the weird yeah. stuff I would do. Like I would. I, yeah, I think I changed my voice. Jekyll I, and Hyde shit. Yeah. And yeah. like. Uh, like, dude, what's up, bro? Like, yeah, <gasps> man, yeah, dude. Oh, dude, that's amazing. Like, just like... <laughs> Sick so, fedora, bro. Like, so full of shit. <laughs> I was just so full of shit. And, uh, and yeah, like, at one point she says to the guy she does choose, she says something like, well, you know, so-and-so is, like, so fucking hot. Like, I'm not saying, like, he's not fucking hot or whatever she like says. Like, drunk in bed, literally, yeah. like, laying down. She's like, he's, like, so fucking hot. And, like, <laughs> it's it was cruel. It yeah. was, like, a cruel thing. Like, she was twisting the knife in some weird, passive-aggressive way yeah. that I relate to. Like, I said shit like that. Yeah. And I, I like... Tried to say, oh, my God, I don't even remember saying that or like that was the booze talking or whatever. Because you were allowing yourself to say <laughs> the things that, that you, you really saying that I wanted to get but off in my a chest. Mean way. Yeah. Like I yeah. would bottle up certain feelings. And then finally, when I was drunk enough, I would just like let the person have it in yeah. some fucking warped way. And uh, so anyway, like what I was getting at with like sometimes I wonder, am I really an alcoholic? Then I see somebody like that in that very specific way where yeah. it's like. Sure, a police officer or a person at a restaurant would never look at her and be like, oh, my God, get that woman to rehab. Right. But <laughs> right. but, you know, she can't be proud of that behavior. No. Or And, you know, her close friends probably hate it when she gets like that. Yeah. You know, so it's like unless they're just like that, too. Yeah. But yeah. So it's like, oh, yeah, that's that's what booze does to me. It really does make me just like annoying as hell. You know? Well, and I think that there's like a, because, <clears throat> you know, we're getting into broader topics here, obviously, but there's, um, there is like a level of visible success. People just assume like you must not have an issue, yeah, you yeah. know? And I like, you know, what's that saying? Well, like Rose all day, right? Yeah. That's like a very popular culture bullshit thing. Uh, but it's just like socially acceptable to be like a wine drunk. Yeah, I yeah. feel like in yeah. a way that it isn't with like yeah. everything else. You know what I mean? Like, what are you talking about? I drink a lot of wine. I go on wine tastings. I'm just yeah, tasting it. It's classy. It's, it's classy. Like, you're meanwhile, not just tasting it if the bottles are disappearing. Meanwhile, she literally let her fucking dog lap wine out of a glass and she's like three sheets away and she's like, oh my God, he loves wine. Yeah, It's which, like, no, your dog doesn't love wine. Your dog is a dog. It is just like, like, oh, there's a thing there. Let me lick it. And you're officially an abusive owner. Like that's abuse. To we give. are coming for Jessica. We are now <laughs> dog people. Uh, but that's where I have mixed feelings too, because I also like, I do want to just like, just go online and like trash talk her and like read what people are saying about her. But no. like, it's like, I, I wonder like, is she going to be okay? Like, oh, she definitely has people. Come. I mean, that's the other thing, too. Like, it's you are putting yourself out there for public ridicule in these situations. So it's like to watch the show and behind closed doors, like talk shit with you, talk shit with my friends. I'm like, that's fun. Right. Yeah. But, you know, people are like taking to the social meets and like being cruel and threatening violence and like saying all sorts of wild things probably. Uh, But with that said, 
there are some other couples also. They're all doing it wrong. I'll say yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, our biggest, well, I'll say my biggest hope is for Lauren and Cameron, the interracial couple yes. that have seemed the most genuine and authentic from the beginning uh, to the point where you're like, I can't believe I think these people have a chance. Yeah. <laughs> Like, what are you doing on the show? I don't understand. Um, which I was thinking about Kelly and Kenny, especially when we met both of their parents, who also seemed all very, like, normal and yeah. with it and, yeah. like, not not doing, like, Peter Pilot's mom, like, I'm desperate to be on television, like, bring her home, yeah. Peter. Like, they didn't seem like they wanted to be on TV. They Is were Peter's just, mom like... Cher? share. She's like Cher mixed with Sally Fields. Bring him home, Peter. I'm telling you, you have to watch that clip. It's insane. Gypsies, tramps, and thieves. Should this woman. Can uh, you sing that? Do your share. Gypsies, tramps, and thieves. And then what's the next I'm one? I'm trying to think. It's like. <clears throat> they got the bottom. Something about the people in the town. <laughs> they called us. <laughs> something about the people in the town. Yeah. They called us. Gypsies, tramps, and thieves. Oh, it's so good. Thank you so much. Oh. <laughs> and then every night the men would come around. Wow. Lay the money down. down. It's kind of an offensive song, but we know that she had the best of intentions. Somebody just had a great <laughs> tweet about that song. It's something about like, because I think it's about like there's rape in there. There's it's, like, I mean, it's like, oh, it's. The second most offensive song of hers, the first one being Half Breed, yeah. probably. Half Breed. Half Breed. That's all I uh, But again, <laughs> this goes back to what we talked about earlier, though. She, these are biogra like autobiographical tunes, right? Like she's yes. singing about things she lived through. Yes. And she isn't necessarily, she's <laughs> not Native American or a gypsy or a tramp or a thief, but I think she... Relates. Related to these notions. And yeah. who knows if she wrote it or Sonny wrote I mean, I don't know. Um, I wonder what Cher would be like in one of those pods. <laughs> she would be hilarious, yeah. I bet. She would not be giving any fucks. Yeah. Saying God knows what. Apparently her Twitter is very funny. I hope she wouldn't also fall for Barnett. <laughs> She's oh, like, God. everybody on this, the whole show is so lame, but man, Barnett. She mm. would, I think she would have her fucking way with Barnett and yeah. then just be like, chop his dick ya. off, <laughs> chop his dick off and feed it to Chaz. No, she would be running the show. Yeah. Oh, well, another important couple we need to talk about is the tragic tale of the fluidly sexual, maybe bisexual Carlton. man, Carlton, uh. who... The first, oh. the first dose of high drama comes from these two. Yeah, and they're kind of weeded out quickly. And uh, man, I, it's like so gross the things he says to this poor girl, and like it's he's got so much hate in his heart, and it just made me so sad. It's like truly layers and layers of like internalized homophobia and mm. toxic masculinity. Like how should I perform in the world mm -hmm. when I know I'm a person who is attracted to all people. Yeah, but man, what an interesting thing to have to think about and talk about is like, if you're a bisexual guy to the extent that you had many relationships with other men yeah, uh, and you want, you're there to meet a woman and you have to disclose this fact because it's, 
people still aren't in a place where they can just accept right. anybody for any, any, whoever they are. Yeah. So he has this whole thing of like, I, I really like this girl. She's the one. And, and they commit to each other because before you can see each other, and you have to propose he, to the other person. And he first. didn't tell her before right. that in the pods, which like you would think the pods would be the best place to reveal that information. You, you think it would come up on one of these <laughs> five hour dates. Like that would be the best place to reveal the very yeah. vulnerable information where no one can see you. Yeah. <laughs> but like it, it is just interesting. Like I, you know, like. I think for men, it's like if a woman's like, just so you know, I used to go out with girls or my last relationship was with a girl and I like girls. Like for guys, we're just like, uh, immediately like, oh, hell yeah, that's uh, cool with me. Like, no, I'm totally progressive because maybe I'll get to sleep with both of you at the same exactly. time. Exactly. It's like, when are we going to fuck? But then for women and men who like gay men, like to be perceived as gay, I think for some women, like I think you could handle it. Probably. I, that's what I was thinking the whole time. I was like, if this guy came to me and was like, oh, I'm fluid, I'd be like, that's awesome. Yeah. Like, check. That's yeah. a box I like to check. And in fact, you've been with people who are ideas fluid, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Don't, you don't have to say any more details than that. But oh, like, Thank you so much. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, and it's been attractive to me that there are men that I've like, been with that are open and like way. you're trying to get me to blow a guy at some <laughs> <Yes>. point <laughs> you want to see it happen i'm like how do you know until you know <laughs> you want to i think you want to see me do it just so you can prove to me like yeah it's tiring right <laughs> i'm like you see your jaw hurts doesn't it takes it? a lot of effort as samantha jones says they don't call it a job for nothing honey mm, god the number of dozens of times i've heard that bit done <laughs> on stage yeah it's like uh, yeah it's it's why isn't it a blow internship i get it i, I get know. the joke just leave it to samantha jones and sex yeah. in the city please yeah um but, and also i mean we can't really speak to this obviously but you know we know enough about the world that like there are there is another layer i think happening in black culture also right, of like right, right. stigmatizing yeah men on the dl or the down low if you will yeah. and um so there was so much like peacocking happening yeah. for him to be like, no, I'm a fucking man. Yeah. And yeah, I also have sucked dick. <laughs> yeah. Like, and just not, you could just see his struggle was like so palpable. And he wanted it to just work. So he wanted it to be like when he did get to see her, that it all just clicked into place and that he wouldn't even have to think about it ever again in his life. I think that's well, what he I'm also wasn't giving her any benefit of the doubt. Like he didn't give her any room to have any sort of reaction of her own. Like yeah. he was just premeditating that she was going to be angry and pissed and judgmental. And so like there was just no space for her to just yeah. have a genuine yeah. response. Well, I think, but I guess what I'm getting at with the point I was trying to make is like, I think he wanted her to look more attractive to him or something. Like I think, mm. I think like he was hoping she was going to be this like, She's stunning. I like, think he was attracted to her. I think he just got, he like started physically as like attack, not physically attacking her, but attacking her physical appearance when he started to feel 
rejected rejected and emasculated so just like invented rejection yeah like he it was all his own like roller coaster of emotion because i feel like when he was like he seemed excited when he saw her she was the one that was like pulling back when they when they first met yeah that is such a weird moment that's a tell all of them like you could really see pure fear in some of their faces (laughs) you know (laughs) but then you've got your your real nightmares, Amber and Barnett, who have no idea what they're signing up for. But they're kind of the best fit out of all of them. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, yes, but also no. <laughs> what we need is for Kelly to go to therapy. To oh, yeah, with her orgasm what's, issues. Well, what's her block? Like, why is she now saying maybe Kenny's just... These are major spoilers. Uh, we said spoilers in the beginning. Maybe Kenny's just a friend. I know, which we were like, what? Like, what do you, come on, Kelly. Like, he's so <laughs> sexy. You were very for him. You were all for him. I'm like, this is a responsible hunk. He's smart. <laughs> he has he's a very smart. endearing relationship with his parents. Yeah. Him and his dad share a vest collection. <laughs> Like a weekender fleece like vest. Maybe collection. they're gonna go fly fishing in a crick wearing that thing, or they're gonna go uh, golfing. Yeah. Oh, they're like, definitely going golfing. And she's like, yeah. Like I think some of these women have this idealized thing of like their soulmate is just around the corner, and like, what if this guy isn't it? And, but I think and they I, all are struggling with that. And that that idea will waste fucking fifteen years of your life if you let it. And you relate. Yeah, I relate. Uh, and I had to, like, reading that book attached, if you have these issues, listeners, read that book. <laughs> there is no perfect match. There is no. no ideal. They're not right around the corner. The relationship in your, you're in now where you're thinking, I like this person, but is there someone better for me out there? No. There's somebody... <laughs> There's somebody maybe just as good or different. maybe maybe even a little better, maybe whatever, but they're going to be different and you're still not going to feel complete with them. No. So fucking destroy the thought. Move on with your life. Like Dan Savage says, round up. Round that We're person all up. rounding up. Round that person up. And then who knows, maybe six years into your relationship, you both decide let's bang other people <laughs> and everything can be fine. Oh. But yeah, Barnett... We've got all these women falling for Barnett because women love, a con- they just like confidence. I think certain women fall for that certain type of man. Because like, I would hear his voice and I'd be like, ew. <laughs> yeah, but I think you, but you're, but you're, you know what he looks like. What if you heard his voice and you're like, oh, that he's mysterious. And then what if he said just the right band that you're also he into? He never, that person never would. You never know, though. If it was taking place in, like, hipster Brooklyn, and yes, they were saying the things I wanted to hear, sure, I would fall prey to it. But it's, like, that particular type of bro who's, like, working the game is, like, not my... Yeah, he was totally... He's not my my weakness. He's, like, what I'm, like my antenna are up for and I'm like, yeah. Oh, you're a piece of trash. <laughs> yeah. He definitely read the first few chapters of the game. He was nagging. He's like playing Misleading, mind game. being like vague, but like saying just enough to make people think that they're like special and important. Yeah. Um, and all these 
these suckers just yeah. <laughs> fawning, fawning, fawning. It's like they could tell he was tall and in a fraternity. Yeah. <laughs> They're like those dimples, those dimples just radiated vibes. They didn't even see the dimples. They just felt the dimples presence. The best part though, really about that storyline was when he goes to visit Amber's family and he's like, Oh, like her house is kind of in a bad part of town. And I'm realizing, oh, I was so worried what she would think about my house. But then it's just like, obviously she doesn't care. <laughs> it's like, do you hear yourself? Oh, what a dope. Oh, I forgot. Like, I didn't realize she was white trash. So like, obviously she doesn't care. Uh, She's got camping furniture on her front porch. So like, obviously she doesn't care. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, dude, she may still live in this house right now. Yeah. And she's like suitcases are packed. I'm ready to be a stay-at-home mom. Hope he can afford to take care of me. She's like, I haven't really worked a day in my life, uh, but this guy's hot. Hopefully this goes well. She literally said to like the, one of the interviews where she was just like, I really hope he can take care of me. Like, oh, all right. Does he know, (laughs) does he know that? Just no interest? Like stay-at-home mom? It's a disaster. Yeah. Um, she loves a high need boot though. Ooh, if it's got like a moccasin vibe. Yes. And uh, listeners, Very if, you, Joyce Leslie. if you know anything about her career as an ex tank mechanic. <laughs> yeah. Like we don't really know what's going I'd on. I'd like some more information about that. But also she was like, oh, I haven't worked since I've been back. And I'm like, okay, but like what would have been the job you would have been returning to? Is it on the tank? Yeah. Like I don't. Like is she in the military? Is our government like. She's really putting all of her eggs in the the Barnett basket. And I'm a little worried for her. Yeah. But there's always the poll. So. Uh, (laughs) Not that we have a feelings about dancers no. and sex workers. I literally said to somebody the other day, I was like, cause you know, I was on my hustlers rant for a minute there where I was just like, Oh my God, that movie's amazing. This is revolutionary. Yeah. I should be a I'm stripper. Like, well, and I guess there was a story. Yes, absolutely. I should be a stripper. Uh, there was some stripper recently dancer who fell like 12 feet from the top of her pole and oh fucking God. like smashed her jaw into oh. the fucking floor. And like, kept going and like crawled her way off stage like with broken bones the show must go on um but i was saying this we were talking about this at work i was like they're fucking like athletes that have to deal with like sexual harassment around the clock i'm like they are making every penny they deserve like and also quite often they're life coaches and mental health professionals i mean their job is fucking bonkers yeah because to amber's credit if i met her there's no signs that she's a stripper like i'm just saying i think she'd be a good one if she were one (laughs) yeah like i i have had great experiences with dancers who are like funny and like yeah she'd be a good stripper like she's probably a great hang yeah under the neon lights (laughs) she's like just here for a good time honestly it sounds and looks like a really fucking hard job. Yeah. Like it does not look easy yeah. at all. Like, so many pigs. Oh God. I would never be able to do it. Cause ever. like even I'm like a, I like to think I'm a decent man, but like I become my lowest common denominator 
in a strip club when I've been drinking. Well, you know? sure. I mean, that's the point, I guess, right? Yeah, but... And they want you to be because then that means they get your money. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, we digress. Uh, I just think that she's got a bright future under the neon lights is all I'm saying. Uh, and then we've got Damien and G who are great reality TV drama, but also like we don't really give a shit about their success. And Damien is definitely capable of doing terrible things to women. Yeah. We've he, decided. he looks like he's punched <laughs> women square in the jaw. <laughs> so terrible. And also he doesn't like when G says GD. God, God damn. damn it. it. I need you to stop saying the GD stuff. The GD stuff's got to stop. So I think we, by, by like the la- the second to last episode, we've discovered that Damien is for sure a conservative Christian, most likely Trump supporter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and she is from an immigrant family and Yeah, Venezuela, Florida. I believe, but grew up or partly like, grew up in Florida. Yeah. So I'm very curious if the politics line up or not. We well, no, it doesn't sound like they do because he was like, Oh, do you ever think your politics could change? And she was like, no, absolutely not. Oh, and he, yeah. And then he kind of like rolls his eyes yeah. a little bit. And she's yeah. like, no, I'm like sending money for food back to my family in Venezuela. And he was like, I didn't know you do that. That's like really nice of you. He's like, did you say missionary work? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So everyone's fucking nuts. We yeah. could we could really dissect each and every single person for long periods of time, clearly. Uh, but the bottom line is, what a great show. Yeah. <laughs> it, it will certainly win some Emmys. What a snapshot into American life and yeah. dating in 2020. Well, it's so interesting that you shared with me the other day that they've been shoot. They started shooting yes. in October 18. So these people's lives have been on hold for like two years, like cooped up, like not cause you can't like go on social media to say like, I got married because then you'll like spoil the ending of the show. Well, what's interesting too is that there probably was no risk of it until it was sold. Right. Because it's like, nobody fucking knows who they are or gives a shit. So like no one's trying to like sleuth out what the haps are, but now they are like a year and a half after filming so it must be harder now more than uh, ever. It sounds miserable. But it sounds miserable also for anybody working on the show. I like know. to like be in the trenches trying to like make these stories work and then it just doesn't air for so long. Ugh. That's crazy. 2018? That yeah. was like a lifetime ago. Ugh. My God. So uh, some article I was reading, I think on Refinery29 or Pop Sugar or some bullshit <laughs> website, the way that they were trying to crack the codes was to see who was still following each other on Instagram. Oh, yes, yes. And like a number of them don't follow each other on Instagram, but they were also like, but maybe they're just doing that to throw us off the scent. That you could know? be a misdirect. Yeah. So who knows? You have to tune in to wait and see. Yeah. So check it out. Let us know what you think. Uh, <laughs> thanks for listening this week. Oh, well, I was going to say, well, maybe we do an intro, an intro to, what were you going to say just now? <laughs> now your business planning. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was going to throw out a call to action. We would like to, uh, like give some advice to oh, y'all. Oh yeah. We want to do an advice segment. We want to do an advice segment. Um, and we need questions uh, in order to do that. So 
Uh, we would love to hear from you. Uh, if you could fill up our DMs either at Who Cares That Podcast, Ross Aaron Styles, or the Whole Bear Report, any of those three. It would be great if you did it at who.cares.podcast. Or, we'll or, we're accepting all three. Or in the comments, maybe we'll put up a photo oh. on the Who Cares Pod account. Like iTunes comments? Or no, you like, website? like on Instagram. So you put up a picture that says, what's your, ask us anything or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then in under that picture, just write, I uh, think I might have STI. What do I do? <laughs> Yeah, but also if you don't want your name attached to the question, oh yes, you can yes, DM yeah. us. <laughs> but even yeah. DMing creates a well. We'll know who you are, but that won't mean that we're going to tell people who you are. Yeah, we're figuring it out as we go. Yeah. Okay, but first we just wanted to say we're putting it out into the universe. We would love to do an advice episode, advice episodes. Or just like every episode, maybe there's a few questions that we yeah, answer. Yeah, we would love that. Because so, sometimes we only have terrible reality TV to talk about. Yeah, and it's like, if you're not interested in Love is Blind, we lost you. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we'd love to give advice and we'd prefer it for it, it not to be unsolicited. You know, I think that'd be very rewarding for everyone involved if yeah. we were giving solicited advice. Yes. Uh, so we would love to hear from you. Uh, ask us some questions. Yeah. And uh, yes, thanks so much. If this is your first time listening, thanks for joining us. Uh, please check out our old episodes. I think they're all available. Um, and if you ever want to see live comedy, I've got some shows coming up uh, in Nebraska all week. Uh, I don't think any of you are out there, but uh, <laughs> on Friday, um, Friday, February 28th, I'll be at QED Astoria for my monthly show called End of the Line Comedy. That's at 9.30 p.m. The night before that, I'll be in New Jersey uh, at the College of New Jersey performing my solo show called Punchline Drunk. Uh, I believe it's open to the public because I think there's students from the Rutgers campus uh, recovery community coming for that show. And that is Thursday, February 27th uh, in the evening time. Uh, other than that, I've got dates coming up out in uh, way upstate New York and uh, up in uh, Wisconsin, El Paso, Texas. Got a lot of fun stuff coming up. So check out my calendar at patrickholbert.com. And uh, yeah, another vision we'll just put on our vision board here is that we also plan to have a live show sometime soon. We'd like to do it before this thing comes out of me. This little baby. <laughs> You're a mom influencer now. <laughs> All right. Bye, everybody. Bye. Maybe that's the ending. It's me being like, bang, 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 bang.